Music on with music off. 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 I ache for the touch of your lips, dear, but much more for the touch of your whips, dear. You can raise welts like nobody else as we dance to the masochism tango. Let our love be a flame, not an amber. Say it's me that you want to dismember. Blacken my eye, set fire to my tie as we dance to the masochism tango. 
at your command Before you here I stand My heart is in my hand Ugh. It's here that I must be My heart entreats Just hear those savage beats And go put on your cleats And come and trample me Your heart is hard as stone or mahogany That's why I'm in such exquisite agony My soul is on fire It's aflame with desire which is why I perspire when we tango. You caught my nose in your left castanet, love. I can feel the pain yet, love, every time I hear drums. And I envy the rose that you held in your teeth, love, with the thorns underneath, love, sticking into your gums. Your eyes cast a spell that bewitches the last time I needed twenty stitches to sew up the gash that you made with your lash as we dance to the masochism tango. Bash in my brain and make me scream with pain then kick me once again and say we'll never part. I know too well I'm underneath your spell so darling if you smell something burning it's my heart. Excuse me. Take your cigarette from its holder and burn your initials in my shoulder. Fracture my spine and swear that you're mine as we dance to the masochism tango. Ah, viola, voila. Musical and comedic stylings there from Mr. Tom Learer. Learer. You go, you try saying it. It's a track called The Masochism Tango off the More of Tom Lehrer LP that came out in the year 1959. He's a Harvard grad, comedian, musician, mathematician, soldier, teacher. Yeah, I tried to be all those things. I'm none of those things. <laughs> I'm Brian Musikoff. I'm your host here on this program without a station anymore. You know why? We're in our last five final episodes of this program, and we've destroyed not one but two internet radio stations. We've been through Radio Nope, and we've been through Radio Plastique. Both stations have nothing to do with each other, but both are no mas. I had nothing to do with it other than produce this program. We have episode number 295 going on right now. 295 of 300. That's what I'm trying to say here. The name of this program that you are listening to is Music On with Music. What's the big idea, Ryan? You know what? If you give me a minute, I will tell you that the big idea is stand-up and comedy recordings volume number three you know back when the show was pretty young i did a a stand-up episode called stand-up recordings volume one and that was episode number 14 which came out 
in November of 2017. Then a little bit later, I did Volume 2, and then it just sat. I never revisit that idea, but now that we only have, after this episode, we only have five episodes left as we're getting into the golden finale episodes of this program, I figured let's revisit or do a final, one last version of stand-up and comedy recordings, and to make it even better, in my opinion, and you will agree too, this episode is curated by Seattle, Washington's own and stand-up records own comedian, and you know, top-shelf hell of a guy, Mr. Derek Sheen. Yes, I am damned excited about this. Thank you, Derek. I am honored that you agreed to do this and took the time out to select all of the comedy recordings that we're about to hear. If you're unfamiliar with Derek Sheen, do yourself a favor and go to his website, Derek Sheen Rules, rules with the Z, dot com. Or you know what? Just Google it. Google Derek Sheen and you'll find it. It's S-H-E-E-N, Derek Sheen. And you know what? You'll probably wind up with, probably get like Martin or Charlie Sheen. Derek Sheen is not an Estevez, but Google correctly. If you don't know about Derek already, or Google will correct you and you will find Derek Sheen. And maybe you might find out that he is in fact an Estevez. I fucking don't know. Alrighty, let's start off with a quick bit from a master of storytelling and humor and timing. It's an amazing pick by Derek Sheen to start off, and it's by the Mr. Bob Newhart. Uh, in a number of mathematics books, they made reference to uh, something that either proves infinity or the law of probability. They claim that if you take an infinite number of monkeys and an infinite number of typewriters and you set them down and they just type away, that eventually, uh, given enough time, they would type all the great books. (laughs) Yes. Now, they're going to type a lot of gibberish, but eventually they will type all the great books. If they ever tried this, they would have to hire guys, you know, to check the the monkeys to see if they were turning out anything worthwhile. (laughs) So, I would like to present a day in the life of uh, one of these monitors. Uh, Harry, I'm going to check post 14, see if he's he's got anything. Oh, boy. I don't, I don't think that poor devil's ever going to write anything, you know that? <laughs> hey, Ellie, hold on. Post 15 here has something. I think this is famous or something. Uh, to be or not to be, that is the Gazornan plaque. <laughs> Asswipe, where'd you get that Sansuchi amplifier? I got it at stereos and stuff, jag off, and it only cost me $9.99. $9.99? What a deal! For the amplifier and the tuner? Yeah, and that's not all shit face. I also got an anti-static record cloth and two HLH Crowd Claudio Quattro Quirk 3000 speakers that you're drooling all over, scumbag. Only $9.99? I must be some sort of Neander fuck for not having gone down to stereos and stuff and got one already. I gotta fire off some money. Gotta go. 
head on my ass sometimes. If you've got your head up your ass about stereos, come to Stereos and Such, located at the Bergen Shopping Mall. Who is it? It's me, Dave. Open up, man. I got the stuff. Who is it? It's me, Dave, man. Open up. I got the stuff. Who? It's Dave, man. Open up. I think the cops saw me come in here. Who is it? It's it's Dave, man. Will you open up? I got the stuff with me. Who? Dave, man. Open up. Dave? Yeah, Dave. Come on, man. Open up. I think the cops Dave's saw me. Dave's not here. No, man. I'm Dave, man. Hey, come on, man. Who is it? It's Dave, man. Will you open up? I got the stuff with Who? me. Dave, man. Open up. Dave? Yeah, Dave. Dave's not here. No, man, I am Dave, man. Will you? Come on. Open up the door, will you? I got the stuff with me. I think the cops saw Who me. Who is it? Oh, what the hell is it? Come man. Open up the door. It's Dave. Who? Dave. D-A-V-E. Will you open up the goddamn Dave? door? Yeah, Dave. Dave? Right, man. Dave. Now, will you open up the door? Dave's not here. Oh, <laughs> We take you now to the Sunset Strip. Up past the Bullwinkle statue, past the psychedelic conspiracy, up towards a whiskey a go go. Make a right at Clark Street. Go up two blocks to the first apartment building on the left. Up two flights of stairs to apartment number 13 for your appointment with the dealer. Who is it? It's me, Dave, man. Open up, I got the stuff. Who is it? Hey, hey man, it's Dave. Come on, man. Open up, I got the stuff with me, man. Who? Dave, come on, man. The cops saw me, I think, man. What, what the hell? Who is it? Hey, man, it's Dave. Will you open up the door? I got Who? The Dave, man, I got the stuff with me. Dave? Yeah, come on, man, it's cold Dave's out here. Dave's not here. Hey, man, I'm Dave. Hey, man. Hey, man, come on, open up the door. Who is it? Hey, hey man, it's Dave. Will you come fucking around and open up the goddamn door? Who? Dave, man. Dave? Yeah, Dave, open up the door. Dave's not here. Hey, hey man, I'm Dave. Hey, come on, man. Who is it? Oh shit, it's Dave! D-A-V-E, Dave! Now we're out of the goddamn door, man! Dave? Yeah, Dave! Dave? Yes, man, Dave, now please open up the door. Dave's not here. <laughs>
Howdy. <laughs> Smells like everybody's having a good time. All right. Go by the men's head, get a contact, man. <laughs> No wonder Johnny would have played so well, man. <laughs> mm, First three rows good. are floating. <laughs> Did y'all see The Exorcist? It's a story about the devil. Gets into this 12-year-old girl. Devil's a low motherfucker, Jack. See, there wouldn't have been no movie if there had been niggas in it. The movie would have been about seven minutes long. As soon as the devil spoke. Hello. Goodbye. <laughs> See, the nigga would have handled that movie different. The nigga would have walked in the house and went, what in the fuck is that funky smell? <laughs> and all that racket upstairs. Is the girl crazy? <laughs> smell like shit in here. Some devilish shit at that. <laughs> you walk in the room, bitch, what's wrong with you? Get up out of bed, wash your ass, girl. Stinking up the whole motherfucking house. And get the cross out your pussy. Get downstairs and help your mother straighten up the front room. We have them coming in. <laughs> See, I get a black preacher to pray the exorcist away. Because they tight with God. You know God. There's a person in here that's possessed. And we was wondering, I know you're busy. I've checked your schedule. And if you don't mind, the devil's just acting a motherfucking fool. Could you exercise this motherfucker to Cleveland someplace? Like to take a look at the news. Terrorists blow up Central America and leave a note. <laughs> a Philadelphia man was arrested today while attempting to make an unauthorized deposit in a sperm bank. Silent film star Mark Dunbar died today in Hollywood. He had no last words. <laughs> However, he did make several gestures. <laughs> San Diego Freeway was the scene of a freak accident today as six freaks in a camper crashed into three freaks in a van. Nobel Prize in Mathematics has been awarded to a California professor who has discovered a new number. The number is Bleen, which he claims belongs between six and seven. Medical researchers have discovered a disease which has no symptoms. It is impossible to detect and there is no known cure. Fortunately, it is confined to New Jersey. Archaeologists digging at a site in Iran have discovered the remains of a city which was inhabited by a race of people who had absolutely no skills or tools of any kind. 
No trace of anything has been found anywhere near the site. Heart transplants have declined in recent months because of a lack of donors. Many people consider it an imposition. Hollywood film star Vicky Trick and her husband, Mark Spot, have called it quits today after a 27-minute honeymoon in front of the church. On the lighter side of the news, <laughs> here's a Halloween prank that really backfired. Seems that little 13-year-old Danny Omerta thought that it would be great fun to soap all the windows of the cars on his block. And he had soaped about seven of them and was starting to soap the eighth one, not knowing that the owner of the eighth car, Carl Downing, was seated inside. <laughs> Carl Downing shot Danny in the head four times. And in Cleveland today, 27 people suffered 12 hours of continuous whiplash when a man claiming to be the devil hijacked a roller coaster. <laughs> and to kind of wind up the news tonight, we'll take a look at the news hostility scoreboard. Find out how we're treating each other around the world. According to the scoreboard, we got four civil wars going on right now. Two brush fire wars, four vest pocket wars, nine wars of liberation, two police actions, 16 revolutions, 35 rebellions, 58 border clashes, 21 terrorist bombings, 36 retaliatory raids, 400 guerrilla operations, 95 commando strikes, 612 acts of sabotage, 237 ceasefire violations, 44 surprise attacks, six outside aggressions, six internal upheavals, three protective reaction strikes, 10 counterinsurgencies, 21 violent disturbances, 30 warlike acts, 906 hostile incidents, 10 arms races, 18 deliberate provocations, 61 threats to security, nine dangerous escalations, two military confrontations, six heightenings of tension, 14 heated exchanges, 12 belligerent moves, 17 reprisals, three powder kegs, two tinderboxes, and an ultimatum. This one time, uh, I went home with this guy, but that was when we still all lived at our parents' house. And uh, he wanted to play a record for me. And he took me down to the basement, or the rec room, and he, uh, he put on Mel Brooks and Carl Reiner's 2,000-year-old man. And we sat down on the couch, and we were listening to the record and laughing. And he kissed me for a real long time. And then we listened to the record some more and laughed some more. And then the two of us lay down on the couch together and listened to the record some more and laughed and kissed. And I think it was probably one of the most romantic times of my life. And I'd uh, like to dedicate this song to him and to that time. your mouth closed 
Comedy tracks selected by the good Mr. Derek Sheen. Right there, we heard Gilda Radner. Sweet, sweet Gilda. Song's called Honey, Touch Me With My Clothes On. Recorded live in New York in 1979. That's why the album's called Live From New York. And I believe she had an ongoing, a running show. You know, she was already hot from Saturday Night Live. This recording, live at the Winter Garden Theater in New York City, classic. Got G.E. Smith on that recording, and that song was co-written by Paul Schaefer, go figure. Preceding Gilda, Miss Radner. We heard George Carlin, 
song's called Newton's Song. The bit is called The Peace. The talk is called New News. New News. Off an evening with Wally Londo featuring Bill Slasso. Anyone really knows what that means. They must have been... Either it's complete nonsense made up by Carlin, or there was an actual show where he had, I guess, two musicians playing with him. Who knows? Anywho, uh, that was recorded at the University of Nevada in Vegas. George Carlin, of course, from uptown Manhattan. The legendary Richard Pryor preceding the legendary George Carlin. I guess you could say also preceding the legendary Gilda Radner. Anyway, Richard Pryor gave us his track called Exorcist off the album called That Was Crazy. That came out in 1974, and that was recorded at the uh, Soul Train nightclub in San Francisco. And the title of That Was Crazy comes from, uh, uh, he's quoting himself from his uh from his performance at the Watt Stacks benefit. Yeah, he said that in front of a lot of people. Largely a largely black audience, but still pretty hardcore nonetheless. That was in 1972 when he said it, and the album came out in, what, 1974? It's two short years later. We heard two from Cheech and Chong. You know, Derek Sheen picked out for us to play. If you're just tuning in or just hitting play somewhere in the middle of this podcast... Uh, Derek Sheen is selecting all of uh, all of these comedy selections from comedy albums and such. So we played two versions of Cheech and Chong's classic piece, Dave. First, we heard the uh, original version off their self-titled, self-titled album in 1971, the album that put him on the map. And then we heard the live version recorded at the Santa Monica, Santa Monica Civic in 1972. God, already rock stars by that point, right? Funny, uh, funny what, what difference an album makes. <laughs> we heard uh, National Lampoon giving us a commercial called Stereos and Such. That's off the album called That's Not Funny, That's Sick. And the National Lampoon Radio Hour was a thing and I believe that record is excerpts for or re-recorded versions of things that went over uh, the National Lampoon Radio Hour on uh, on your FM dial but now here as a slab of plastic or vinyl on your record player and uh, that involves the talents of includes the talents of Bill Murray Christopher Guest Harold Ramis Richard Belzer and John Belushi, and uh, as to who is on that actual skit, I'm not sure. Some of them from the National Lampoon Radio Hour. Top of the set, we heard from the good Mr. Bob Newhart of Oak Park, Illinois. Mr. Bob Newhart gave us a, a song. I keep saying a song because I'm used to doing this dang music show. He gave us his bit, his 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 number, no, his number, his his talk called An Infinite Number of Monkeys. And that is off of the Button Down Mind Strikes Back, came out in 1960. And that album is a sequel, a sophomore effort, hot on the tuchus. Bob's first comedy LP called The Button-Down Mind of Bob Newhart released the same year. They both came out in 1960. Good stuff there from, that's a master's class, isn't it? Recorded uh, at a club called Freddy's in Minneapolis, apparently. 
And like I said, 1960, the year on that. Okie dokie. Let's keep the momentum going on the funny business here as curated and selected by comedian Mr. Derek Sheen. Here's a piece from the ever silly, the good Mr. Steve Martin. A lot of you people are saying, hey, this is Steve Martin, your real name. And uh, finally, it's time I could admit it. It's not my real name. I, when I first started in show business, my manager suggested that I change my name because I thought the other name was uh, you know, funny sounding. Or, and so I changed it to Steve Martin. And now I think uh, enough time has gone by and the audience has gotten a little more sophisticated. And uh, I'm going to go back and start using my real name. And I don't think people will laugh uh, when they hear my real name is Gern Blanston. <laughs> I'll be doing a show this fall on TV, the Gern Blenston show. Uh, a couple albums coming out. The uh, first one will be just Gern. <laughs> Second one, Simply Gern. Do a couple of movies, uh, Gern goes to college. And, uh, doing some uh, cassette tapes, uh, Learn with Gern, language things. So now I only answer to the name Gern Blanston. This is the new thing for Gern. You know, a lot of people ask me if Steve Martin is my real name. Have I changed it for show business or anything like that? And um, now I'm not ashamed to admit it because uh, I did have a funny name when I was a kid and I decided to change it for show business. But I think enough time has gone by and audiences are more sophisticated now that they won't laugh um, at my real name. Um, my real name is... <laughs> So my parents had a sense of humor. My sister's name was Hill, 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 Hill. And my mother got to call us for dinner and she go, Hill, 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 Hill. Here comes another one. Here it comes again. Here comes another one. When will it ever end? I don't know what ever it is. I've not seen one before. But here comes another one. And here comes a bunch of them. Here comes another one. Thank God I'm not having lunchroom. That's it, is it? Obviously, it would be better with a full orchestra. Yes. Yes, I suppose it would. Here comes the
We measure things by what we are. To the maggots in the cheese, the cheese is the universe. To the worms in the corpse, the corpse is the cosmos. How then can we be so cocksure about our world? Just because of our telescopes and microscopes and the splitting of the atom? Certainly not. Science is but an organized system of ignorance. There are more things in heaven and on earth than are dreamt of in your philosophy. What do we know about the beyond? Do we know what's behind the beyond? I'm afraid some of us hardly know what's beyond the behind. Creatures of twilight and illusion, we drift and drift toward our unknown ends. And that's why I feel the best thing is not to be born. But who is as lucky as that? To whom does it happen? Not to one among millions and millions of people. My name is Theodore, and you will find in the forests of Bavaria castles older and larger than the gray mansion of my family. But not one, I'm quite sure, not one that is more tainted with melancholy. And we who have lived there have been called eccentrics and dreamers. I suppose the unusual appearance of our house, with its twisting hallways, its grotesque paintings, the gothic atmosphere of the library, and the somewhat peculiar character of its contents. Yes, I suppose all this must have been good reason for such a feeling. My earliest memories are tied closely to the library. My mother died there. There a tragedy never fully explained took the life of my father. There I spent my boyhood in books and my youth in a reverie. And the years went. And as a grown man, I stayed on in the home of my forebears. The realities of the world outside seemed to me like visions. And the world of dreams, little by little, became my everyday existence. I wanted to tell you about Berenice. She and I were cousins, and we grew up together in that house, but we grew differently. I was ill of health, always wrapped in gloom, while she, swift, nimble, graceful, overflowed with joy and energy. Hers were the peasant dances in the village, the ramble in the wind on the hillside, the galloping on horseback through the woods. Mine was the withdrawal, the anguish, the searching into dark things. She roamed through life, plucking its flowers, laughing, singing, unaware of the shadows on her path. Berenice, hauntress of my dreams, your image is vivid before me, your raven black hair, your witching eyes, your fragrant lips, your lovely young form. Oh, days and places lost beyond recall, oh, fairyland forlorn. Disease, a crippling disease befell her, took hold of her body, her mind and her habits, and in a manner most subtle, most hideous, corrupted the very essence of her being. Will you believe me? 
In the brightest days of her beauty, I'd never desired her as I desired her now. A sickly, frenzied passion for that wasting form began to obsess me. An incomprehensible craving. And in an evil moment, I spoke to her of marriage. All right. Mm. Grabbing some coffee. Thank you. Hello, everybody. This is Albert Brooks, and uh, I'm real happy to be here. Don't don't ask me how it happened, why I'm in this town. It's a, it's a long story, but anyway, they said, would you come down to the station, take some calls? I said, you got it. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. What do I do? Line one it is. Let's go. Hello, this is Albert Brooks. The woman that called in earlier no, about no, ecology. No, no, wait. I'm so sick of that. J- Save the trees. Wh- what are you going to build your house out of? Meat? No, no, sir. This is Albert Brooks. I, I, I don't know wh- what call you're referring to. What the hell is going on? Okay, fine. Let's uh, let's go to line two. Oh, this, and, you, uh, you can hear him talking. Uh, hello, yes, this is Albert Brooks. Hey, hey come over here. You can, no. you can hear oh, man, put down the phone. No, Come back, please. Yeah, come on yeah. the air. Ow. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You're too much. We're big fans of yours. Oh, thank you very much. Uh, what's on your mind? <laughs> uh, listen, I got a joke for you. Ah, shoot. Shoot. Yeah. All right. Thank it's you. one of these good news, bad news jokes. Oh, okay. All right, now, you play a part in it, too. Right. I'm going to say to you, Al, yeah. I got some good news and bad news. Right, and, and I'll say, say... My name's Tom. Yeah. You say, Tom, give what? me the uh, bad ba- news. All right. And then I'll give you the bad news, and then you say, give me the good news. Fine. Okay, All Tom, right? give me so, the bad news. What? What's the bad news? Oh, I didn't know we were starting. Yeah. I, I've got to start. All right. Al, yeah. I got some good news and bad news for you. Okay, Tom. Yeah. Give me the bad All news. All right, Al. The bad news is I haven't got any good news for you. Uh-oh. What's the good news, Tom? Well, the good news, Al, that's all the bad news I got. Oh, <laughs> oh great. A little different, isn't it? Certainly it's is. A switch. It is a switch. <laughs> Let's both laugh at sure. it. Sure. All right? <laughs> Thanks, Tom. All right. Uh, All right, let's go on (laughs) line three. Hello. Oh, my, listen. That's interesting. Hello? I play 11 other instruments. Very good. Um, Goodbye. All right. (laughs) Goodbye. Um, Let's go to line three. Hello. Oh, yeah, yeah, Albert Brooks. Yes, sir. Yeah, nice to talk to you. Listen, I'm a disc jockey here in town. Uh-huh. And all of a sudden, I'm into kind of a uh, comedy bag. Yeah. I wanted to ask you a few questions. Pick your brain. All right, be careful. Oh, for sure. Uh, all right, how important is the uh, element of surprise in comedy? That's about the stupidest question I've ever heard. What kind of a moron are you? Hey, hey, watch it, will you? No, you see, I was just surprising you. Surprising me? I get it. I see what you did. You turned it around. That's right. All right. Um, yeah. What about uh, delivery? Well, I think you can pick it up yourself, can't you? I get, All right, I guess I could, but what if you're a two-man team? Each guy pick up half of it? Mm-hmm. Pick up half of writing. it. I'm, I'm writing. All right. all right, finally, one last question. Yeah. Let me ask you, what? Uh, how important is writing your own material? Well, I think it's very important. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, do you think funny? I'll tell you. Mm-hmm. I don't think funny, but I am funny. Are you really funny? Really funny. Well, I'd say you're all right then. Just just do the best you can. Best you can. Mm-hmm. Out of sight. Thank hey, you. Hey, drive carefully, huh? I will. All right, let's move on. I think this is line two flashing. Okay. Hello, you're on the I air. Don't think funny. No, turn your radio down. Are you really funny? Turn your radio down. Hello. 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 Just do the best you can. Turn Albert. your. Hello. Hello. 
Turn your radio down. Hello. Yes, okay, let's move on. Hello, this is Albert Brooks. Hello, Albert. I know that voice. Bud Harper. Yes, Cheryl's dad. Right. Hey, Bud, how are you? Fine. How's by you? Oh, great. Hey, I got got to explain to the audience. Um, I was performing here about two years ago, and Cheryl uh, was a girl like many do that came backstage, (laughs) and we went back to the hotel, and I want to tell you... (laughs) That girl can make love. Well, thank you. <laughs> Isn't she something? <laughs> you bet. Hey, uh, how's she doing? Oh, great. She's all excited. The letterman is supposed to be coming through here. Oh, well, listen, tell her I said hello, oh, huh? And oh, uh, right. I miss all of you. Miss you too. Tur- turkey dinner now. <laughs> turkey dinner, bud. And give your daughter a big hug and a squeeze for me. Oh, I'm doing it now. Oh, great. All right. Hey, one last call, then I gotta run. Hello. I'm a uh, psychiatrist in town. Mm-hmm. I'd like to ask you one question. All right, go ahead. What are you trying to prove? What is that supposed to mean? Are you still trying to show Mother something? Show Mother what? Do you still feel you can buy your friends with laughter? Let me tell you something, Doctor. I don't have to buy my friends with anything. I don't need friends. Uh-huh. I shouldn't have friends. Uh-huh. It's a prerequisite uh, for this business. You don't go into this business and expect friends. I am a loner. I must be a loner. That's what an artist is. You don't believe that. You're damn right I don't believe that. Help me, man. I'm sick. All right. How long are you in town for? I don't know, maybe forever. I feel catatonic. All right, stay there. I'm Dr. Mark Heller. Uh, I'll call you right after the show. Mm. It is after the show. Oh. Uh, hold on. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I have had a B.A. double L. I thank you all very much. I turn the program back over to numero uno. And uh, listen, if this, this doctor holding on the phone here is worth his salt, maybe the next time I talk to you, yours truly won't be consumed with hatred. And rage. That too. Have a happy, won't you? Oh my goodness, hilarious stuff from the good Albert Brooks. Track is called Phone Calls from Americans from 1975, and it still holds up to this day. Isn't that freaky? That's off the LP called A Star is Bought, a follow-up to the Comedy Minus One LP. And uh, did you know that... I just I just realized this. I'm an idiot. Albert Brooks, his real-life brother, was Super Dave Osborne. They're the Einstein brothers. I had no idea. I'm a, I'm a, I've been in a comedy cave. Anyway, that record features the talents of Alice Cooper, David Geffen, Harry Nilsson, Linda Ronstadt, Rob Reiner, and... Uh, Dolans and Torque from the Monkees. I don't know who's on this particular track, but uh, really, really funny stuff nonetheless from Albert Brooks. Preceding Albert Brooks, we heard from Brother Theodore. Now, where to begin with this guy? From Dusseldorf, Germany, uh, I guess uh, had some success in the 70s and 80s on Letterman. That's where I where I saw him a lot. A really odd, strange guest. Uh, refers to his his performance as stand up tragedy. Fair enough. And I don't know if this is any truth or not, but according to what the interweb says, according to uh, his wiki page, his family friend was Albert Einstein, who was responsible for helping him escape to the United States. Because apparently, brother Theodore was actually, uh, you know, imprisoned in Nazi Germany, and uh, 
you know, he, he made it out to the States. Fortunately, he was very lucky. And apparently he lived to the ripe age of 94, so uh, good on Brother Theodore. We heard the um, monologue Bernice comes from a, a release that's a, a bootleg called Monologues, but I believe that recordings from somewhere between 1965 to 1972. We'll have to we'll have to pick Derek Sheen's brain on that. He's the one who selected it. But uh, good stuff, Derek. Thanks for that pick. We heard from Monty Python a studio recording called Here Comes Another One. That's off the Contractual Obligation LP, and that record was exactly that. It came out in 1980. Yeah, we know all about Monty Python, but I'm not too, too familiar with that deep track. That's a nice pick, Derek. Funny stuff. Top of the set, we heard two from Steve Martin of Waco, Texas. Did you know that? Steve Martin gave us uh, two versions. We heard two versions. We played two versions of his My Real Name bit. We heard the uh, the more, uh, well, both are well-known, but we heard the Wild and Crazy Guy version. The LP is called Wild and Crazy Guy version. That came out first in 1978, and that was recorded in Red Rocks in Denver, and it won a Grammy in 1979. Good stuff there. Then we heard the version of My Real Name off the album called Comedy Is Not Pretty, which came out in 1979. And that was recorded in uh, a place called The Boarding House in San Francisco. And that's where he gets into uh, his uh, the, the Gern Blanston routine. So Steve Martin gave us two examples of what his real name is. The choice is yours. What do you believe? Actually, regular listeners of the show believe this or know this. Gern Blanston is the name of a uh, post-punk or post-hardcore record label run by uh, Charles Maggio of the band Rorschach. And uh, that record label was based out of Paramus, New Jersey. But I digress. We're doing comedy, stand-up comedy, volume three. It's curated curated by comedian Derek Sheen. Up next, we got some uh, some meanie. Eeny, meeny, miny, moe. Kevin Meany by his toe. Hello. Meeny, 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 meeny. what? Meeny, 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 meeny. what? Meeny, 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 meeny. Big family, though. I have three brothers, one sister, my mom and dad. We had dogs and cats and birds flying through the house. My parents had five kids at once. Then they decided, hmm, let's bring some animals into the picture. Let's make this as difficult as possible. Man, I used to have to, we had one bathroom. We, I used to have to wait for the cat to finish up in the morning. <laughs> Hurry up, Jaja! <laughs> My sister lived in the bathroom. I don't even know what she looks like. She went in as a little girl, came out with a wedding gown on. <laughs> and in between, she'd be wrapped up in towels. Every towel in the neighborhood she'd have on. Be running out of that bathroom at 100 miles an hour screaming. All you could see were her eyes. Don't look at me! We're not looking at you, we gotta pee! <laughs> I get in the bathroom, there'd be no towels, I'd have to run from the bathroom to the bedroom naked. I'd get caught every time. You're naked. <laughs> Being in the hallway naked, that's not right. <laughs> You get into that bedroom right now and do six Hail Marys for being nude in the hallway. That was the penance, six Hail Marys for being nude. 
I even today, when I was nude, I was doing Hail Marys in my head. Well, they were knocking on my door for the housekeeper. <laughs> Get out of here! I'm doing Hail Marys, you nut! I'd be in the bedroom, Hail Mary, full of grace. My brothers be screaming, Mom, Kevin's in the bedroom doing Hail Marys in his underwear. You put some pants on when you're doing Hail Marys. <laughs> and not those tight pants, you put your big pants on. <laughs> Going around with tight pants on, who needs to be looking at that package? <laughs> you get upstairs right now and put those big pants on. We're big pant people. <laughs> The Peterkins are coming over any minute, and you've got tight pants on. <laughs> Peterkins were always coming over. They didn't have any kids, so they come over and look at us. <laughs> My mother was always telling us that Mrs. Peterkin was sick. She's sick! She is sick! Can you find time to be nice to someone who's sick? Yes, I can! What's wrong with you, Bob? She's got thyroid. Are you happy now? She's got the thyroid and she's got it bad. We didn't know what thyroid was. We were little kids. Next thing you know, bug-eyed Peterkin shows up. She's looking at us. We're looking at her. Nobody's blinking. All sitting around the dinner table, taking food off my plate. The more food I take off my dish, I can see the reflection of her eyeballs on my plate. Jackie, look at her eyes in my plate! We all look up at the same time. Ah! You can actually see her heartbeat in her pupils. My Aunt Rose wouldn't make it any easier on us. Hey, kids, I hear old Bug Eyed Pete gets coming over here. You better look out if you know what I'm talking about. Ah! I bet those eyeballs are gonna pop right into the mashed potatoes. <laughs> Kevin, you'll probably wake up tomorrow morning and those eyeballs will be under your pillow. <laughs> you can bring them into school for show and tell. Hey, kiddies, look at I got. Buck-eyed Peterkin's eyes. Last night, they finally blew. <laughs> Somebody's gonna come along one day and eliminate all these sex therapists and stuff. They're just gonna, they're gonna invent like some guy at Harvard University is gonna invent an orgasm button. You can have this thing grafted to your leg. You could reach in your pocket, press the button, blast off whenever you wanted. The dorkiest high school physics teacher in the country could just stop class. Uh, kids, today we're going to be looking at the Doppler effect as the sound of the locomotive comes forward. The decibel, pardon me one moment. <laughs> the sound level continues to rise until the level. not possess me. How many of you ever started dating someone because you were too lazy to commit suicide? (laughs) 
do it for you. And you should be tipped off when they take you to their apartment and they have a life-size crucifix with your name on it. <laughs> and you know, the worst thing about love is someone always says, oh, I love you exactly the way you are. And then they try to change you. And you love them, so you change for them. And then they say, well, I'm leaving because you're not the same person <laughs> fell in love with. Thanks, Uncle Fester. <laughs> Good. I have this friend, Mary Beth Easy. Well, she's not really my friend. She's more like a landmass with a perm. <laughs> no, but I mean it as a compliment. And she calls me in the middle of the night, and I'm a petite flower, and I'm trying to ovulate. <laughs> it happened. And she calls me, and she says, Judy, Judy. No, she cannot possess me. She says, oh, Judy, are you coming to my wedding? I said, oh, yeah. Like, I have time. I really have time to buy her a blender. Just because some pipe fitter is poaching her eggs. I was sleeping the other night. Alone, thanks to the exterminator. <laughs> you know how you're in bed at night and your house starts making noises you don't hear during the daytime? Weird noises, scary noises, like... Or... or uh, emo, I'm gonna kill you. I remember that song. Whenever I feel afraid, I whistle a happy tune, and I started to whistle. And I felt a hand around my neck, and a voice said, thanks, I thought I'd never find you in the dark. The light goes on. There's this guy standing over me with a gun. He says, take advantage of my little sister, will you? I said, sure, where is she? <laughs> he said, prepare to die. I said, well, I've always done that. <laughs> but look, I'll tell you a riddle. If you answer it, you could kill me. But if you don't answer it, you have to let me go. He said, why should I? I said, oh, come on. He said, what's the riddle? I said, what is it that is four legs in the morning, two legs in the afternoon, and three legs at night? He says, the answer is man, who in the morning crawls on four legs because he's a baby, and in the afternoon, he walks upright on two legs because he's an adult. In the evening, he's an old man with a cane, and that's three legs. <laughs> I said, wrong. It's a donkey who has four legs in the morning. And in the afternoon, you chop two of them off. In the evening, you <laughs> flew one back on again. <laughs> what a moron. <laughs> I got out of that one all right. 
Memories. How many people here have telekinetic powers? Raise my hand. I was walking down Fifth Avenue today and I found a wallet. And I was going to keep it rather than return it. But I thought, well, if I lost $150, how would I feel? And I realized I would want to be taught a lesson. (laughs) So. But I'm pretty religious. I was at church the other Sunday, and there was this very, mm, let's say, hefty woman. I said, could you scoot over, please? She said, I was here first. (laughs) I said, well, I figured they must have built around you, but... uh, Any Catholics here? I'm not Catholic, but I go to confession all the time. I say, bless me, Father, for I have sinned. I'm just in here to develop film. He hates that. (laughs) I was very religious as a kid. I used to pray every night for a new bicycle. Then I realized the Lord in his wisdom doesn't work that way. So I just stole one and asked him to forgive me. (laughs) And I got it. Recently, I was walking my dog around my building on the ledge. (laughs) A lot of people are afraid of heights, not me, I'm afraid of widths. I have a three-year-old dog, I named him Stay. It was a lot of fun when he was a puppy, because when I called him, I would say, come here, stay, come here, stay. And he would go. He's a lot smarter than that now. Now when I call him, he'll just ignore me and keep on typing. He's an East German shepherd. Last night I was in a bar and I walked up to this beautiful woman and I said, do you live around here often? (laughs) She said, you're wearing two different color socks. I said, yes, but to me they're the same because I go by thickness. She said, how do you feel? And I said, well, you know when you're sitting on a chair and you lean back so you're just on two legs and then you lean too far and you almost fall over, but just at the last second you catch yourself. I feel like that all the time. I have a map of the United States, it's actual size. It says one mile equals one mile. 
when people ask where I live, I say E5. <laughs> Last summer, I folded it. My girlfriend has a queen-size bed, and I have a Corchester-size bed. It's red and green, and has bells on it. The ends curl up. I woke up one morning, she asked me if I slept good. I said, no, I made a few mistakes. postcard from my best friend George. It was a satellite picture of the entire Earth. And on the back he wrote, wish you were here. So, so here's the thing. I, I feel like that everything on this Earth is here for a reason. That's just my opinion. I think that there are no mistakes. And I, I think that even if you don't understand why one thing is here, you find out later it works with the ecosystem somewhere else, it does something. I don't understand why we have fleas here, because fleas do nothing at all beneficial. But I thought at times like this, when we can't figure it out for ourselves, wouldn't it be great if we could just pick up the phone and call up God and ask him these things? Just pick up the phone, call up God. Yeah, hi, God, it's Ellen. <laughs> Ellen. Degenerous. Degenerous. What, what's so funny? <laughs> no, I never thought of that. It does sound like that, doesn't it? <laughs> I get it. <laughs> yeah. Listen, if you weren't too busy... Sure, I'll hold on. Smize at the gate. Onward, Christian soldiers, march. Yeah, now just sing along to your tape. <laughs> it's not a tape, they're good. <laughs> Listen, God, there are certain things on this earth I just don't understand why they're here. No, not Fabio. No. <laughs> But there are certain things, I mean, Jesus Christ. No, I didn't mean that. No. That was great. We're still talking about that. Yeah. Now, I was thinking more about insects. No, bees are great. The honey. That was clever. You're welcome. I, I was thinking more about fleas. They seem to have no beneficial... No, I didn't realize how many people were employed by the flea collar industry. 
not to mention sprays. Well, I guess you're right. <laughs> of course you are. <laughs> of course you are. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you got a little cold. God bless you. Now bless yourself. <laughs> you could just bless yourself, couldn't you? Yes, I'm still doing the comedy. Uh-huh. No, oh, you got a joke for me. I'd love to hear it. <laughs> no, I got time. Of course, you know that more than me, huh? <laughs> that was a joke. Go on. No. Who's there? God who? Godzilla. <laughs> it's incredibly funny. Uh-huh. Another one. Who's there? God who? Got a dime. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> yeah. no, I don't have time for another one. No. I just remembered an appointment I have to get to, so I gotta go. How about that? God who? Gotta go. Cute. Stupid. All righty. It was good talking to you, too. And I'll, see, I'll talk to you later. All right. Go. Appreciate that. Really good delivery there from Ellen DeGeneres. You know she got her start in New Orleans? I didn't know that. Uh, Ellen DeGeneres gave us that bit called Phone Call to God off her LP called Taste This. Came out in 1996. Recorded uh, up here in the Pacific Northwest, uh, not too far from where Derek Sheen and I both reside. Uh, but this is the next the next state south this is uh recorded in portland oregon at the portland center for the performing arts there in uh, 96 before ellen we heard stephen wright a bit recorded at wolfgang's in san francisco not a bit a whole album recorded at wolfgang's uh albums called i have a pony and stephen wright gave us his uh, really dry dry delivery there on a piece called Dog Stay. Unforgettable. I haven't forgotten that. Yowza came out almost 40 years ago and sticks with you, man. That's good, good stuff. He did a follow-up album not terribly long ago, like way more recent than 1985, like 20 or 30 years after the fact. He did an album called I Still Have a Pony. <laughs> Moving along, we heard from Emo Phillips, before Stephen Wright, song, the bit is called How to Escape Death. You know, man, I keep calling them songs. They're bits. They're songs. Music to some. Comedy is and that. But no, these are comedy routines. I've been doing a punk rock radio show for so long that I'm used to announcing songs. Even though this is my third stand-up show. Spotlight on stand-up. So, uh, all right. That's on me. Um, what am I saying? Emo gave us the song. The God damn it, I did it again. I wasn't even thinking about it. Okay, let me turn my brain back on, or actually turn it off. I should stop thinking about this and just announce. How to Escape Death off Emo's album called E equals M-O squared. That came out in 1985. Tracked to Caroline's in New York City. And what else about that? Emo Originally from Chicago, did you know that? 
Preceding Emo Phillips, we heard from Miss Judy Tenuta, late great Judy Tenuta. She passed away not too long ago in uh, 2022. Judy Tenuta from Oak Park, Illinois, originally. And guess what? The uh, the stand-up that was recorded on Judy's comedy album called By This Pigs was also recorded at Caroline's in New York City. And off of By This Pigs, we heard Love Accordion to Judy. That came out in 1987. Judy Tenuta there. We heard from Jeff Altman. Songs, the song, God dang it. The, <laughs> The stand-up piece is called Pinnacles of Pleasure off the I'll Flip You Like a Cheese Omelette LP that came out in the year 1989. And uh, what about Altman? He was always, I think he did like close to 50 appearances on Letterman. That's how I first originally knew him, knew of him. But uh, funny, funny stuff. That's a really, uh, really good pick that you included there, Mr. Derek Sheen. Derek Sheen also suggested or told me to play uh, a track by Kevin Meany called Big Pants People off his album called That's Not Right. That came out in the year 2004. And, you know, I had to check that and double check it again as I thought that album came out way earlier than 2004. But no, I was mistaken. And uh, Kevin Meany passed away in 2016. We believe he had a heart attack at home. But uh, did you know he got his start in Boston, Massachusetts? Put that factoid in your uh, pot of baked beans and eat it. Then uh, after you eat it, go in the other room. But uh, finish listening to this episode first because up next we have another set of uh, stand-up routines curated, selected by comedian Derek Sheen. Let's start off this next set with some old, old McDonald's. Got Norm McDonald for you right here. So keep it locked. They don't judge dogs. We judge, you know, all our love comes with caveats, you know. There's no such thing as unconditional love with human beings. But dogs, they don't care. They love... Hitler had a dog. Now you think of that. I'm no fan of Hitler. I never liked him. I didn't like him before. It was cool not to like him. (laughs) But there was a dog in history who loved Hitler more than anyone. He would wake up in the morning, you know, go, where's Hitler? (laughs) You know? And Gehring or something would go like, he's not here, he's doing some evil stuff. (laughs) I've explained to you, he spends most of his time doing evil stuff. You can't see him that often. He goes, okay, I don't know. I'm not trying to... Listen, Gehring, I love you. You know, I love Mengele. I love everybody. All of you guys are the greatest. But it's just Hitler is the greatest man who's ever lived. (laughs) This is why we ask that you don't use recording devices. I don't want to be with fucking Harvey Levin tomorrow or something. <laughs> you say Hitler was the great, and I, what, what would be my fucking answer? I go, no, it was a dog. <laughs> that wouldn't work, I'd be fucked. 
But I'll be goddamned if I'm gonna end a special talking about Hitler. Yeah, that's what I'm gonna do. And a special. I'm gonna call my special Hitler's Dog. Hey man, killer idea. You guys like going to the movies? Do you do? You, you do? Three yeah. of you do? I, I love the fucking movies. Love them. Now I'm watching Terminator 2. Did y'all see that movie? Well, I'm watching it. I'm thinking to myself, you know what? There's no way they're ever going to be able to top these stunts in a movie again. You cannot top this shit. Unless they start using terminally ill people as stuntmen in pictures. Well, hear me out. I noticed some of you, this may sound a little cruel. Oh, Bill, terminally ill stunt people. That's cruel. You know what I think cruel is? Leaving your loved ones to die in some sterile hospital room surrounded by strangers. Fuck that. Put them in the movies. What? You want your grandmother dying like a little bird in some hospital room? Her translucent skin so thin you can see her last heartbeat work its way down her blue veins? Or do you want her to meet Chuck Norris? Hey, how come you've dressed my grandmother up as a mugger? Shut up and get off the set. Action! Push her towards Chuck! Wow, he kicked her head right off her body. Did you see that? Did you see my Grammy? She's out of her misery. You've seen the greatest film of all time. I'm still feeling some resistance to this, man. What's up? You and your fake fucking sympathy. Okay, how about these guys are being executed? Don't do that. Poison. Electrocute. How cruel. And unimaginative. Put him in the movies. Jeffrey Dahmer, for your crimes against humanity of which you've been found guilty, I sentence you to Wes Craven's next picture. <laughs> okay, not one of my more popular theories. But just do me a big favor. Don't ever say you love film as much as I. I think we found your limit. I was in uh, Kenosha, Wisconsin. Uh, yeah, that was not that. Yeah, I know. I was in there. <laughs> Fucking hell. And uh, I was getting... Uh, I mean, my heart goes out, but not really. I think... I'm not, I don't think I'm being an ableist when I say, say the story. It's what happened. And I think it's kind This guy in a wheelchair kept heckling me. Swear to God. He was kind of drunk and he was heckling me. And he fucking was... At one point he goes, Fuck Joe Biden! And uh, 
I was like, uh, why did he run over your legs? <laughs> I really said that. And then, uh, uh, yeah. And then that's old Bob behavior, as my, as my therapist would say. And, uh, I don't know. And by the way, I'm not like, I, I don't believe, it's funny, it's like, now, at least he said it, you know what I mean? This let's go Brandon bullshit. We're just on the verge of becoming a, a, a country of just one political party, and that's terrifying. I do not love the fucking Democratic Party. It, you know, I, I, I openly say, uh, fuck Joe Biden. Why do I say that? because he didn't codify Roe v. Wade when that was one of the things he ran on. So I say, fuck Joe Biden. And I say that uh, uh, because I'm a grown man and I don't need a secret code. I'm not a pussy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's go, Brandon. <laughs> I just, uh, Trump, Trump supporters, I just truly wish there was something in my life I really do. I wish there was something in my life that I was that passionate about, that I loved that much, <laughs> that I thought was flawless. Like, they, you know, you can't criticize. I just, I don't, I love my girlfriend, and, uh, and I love my daughter. Uh, I don't have hats and shirts. <laughs> and when my girlfriend got fired, I didn't think it was a conspiracy from the deep state. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty safe Trump joke, right? That's not that, you know. Uh, one day on Instagram, 43 death threats. Because I did a Trump joke. 43 death threats. Now, uh, I was like, who voted for Trump? Turns out, Police Academy fans, they voted for Trump. <laughs> they were very disappointed in me. Dear, dear Officer Zad, we thought you supported the blue. <laughs> Support the blue, except on January 6th. Um, <laughs> I like firemen, you know why? They run into a dangerous building when it, and save children and they run out. They don't wait 70 to 90 minutes. <laughs> and we don't live in reality now, right? We live in cyberspace, which is confusing for me because I'm a... I'm a VHS comedian living in a TikTok world. I don't know what the fuck is going on. But everybody does everything for likes. The only weapon these people have, they'll, they'll write this on my Instagram, they'll go, unfollow. <laughs> unfollow, like that's gonna hurt me. I used to play arenas. <laughs> Millions of people have unfollowed me. You're really late to this. Todd, American Patriot 21. But the most humiliating thing that ever happened to me in my career, um, several years ago, um, I was on the second to last Bob Hope special. And um, one of the things that I had to do as part of the special was I had to film a commercial with Bob. And um, I, so I get there to the set, and uh, there's just a big soundstage and two stools and a spotlight. And I'm, you know, I got a vintage suit on. I'm looking groovy. And 
this commercial was really simple. I'm sitting next to Bob and I go, hi, I'm Dana Gould. Join me and my new best friend here this Thursday on his comedy special on NBC. And then Bob turns to me and goes, hey, I love this kid. Didn't she used to be my caddy? And I go, Now, I haven't met Bob Hope yet, but at the time, he was a living legend. He was larger than life, which is why it was so surprising when he finally showed up and they introduced it on the PA. All right, everybody, please welcome the star of our show, American comedy legend, Mr. Bob Hope. And the curtain swung open and there he was. (sighs) This tired old man. Didn't want to be there. White hair, dyed brown, came out red. (laughs) Lot of makeup. Tan coat, tan pants. It looked like the beginning of the Dr. Zayas comedy hour. (laughs) Tonight, for the very first time, we are being broadcast all throughout the Forbidden Zone, which was once a paradise, until man made a desert of it. So I sit down next to Bob, and uh, it's kind of awkward, because he's right next to me, and he's not acknowledging me. So I say, um, uh, excuse me, uh, Mr. Hope, uh, I just wanted to say um, it's really an honor to meet you, and thanks for having me on the show. I mean, the fact that I'm meeting you is crazy. The fact that I'm working with you, I I can't even deal with it. It's uh, it's nuts. So uh, anyway, uh, I just wanted to to thank you, and... uh, you know, I'm really grateful for the opportunity. I really appreciate it. And he looked at me and he went, Oh, God. <laughs> okay. <sighs> you know, Bob, I have an idea. Why don't I Go fuck myself. No, hear me out. I bet if I went over there and wedged myself into that cul-de-sac where the fire hose is, over time, with the right amount of breathing and yoga moves, I could probably, literally, physically fuck myself. All right, let's get ready to do one. Dana, put your arm around Bob. Um, I have to, uh... All right. Old man arm. Like a sweater full of light bulbs. If you've ever held a tube sock full of dead goldfish, you know exactly what Bob Hope's arm felt like. Hi, I'm Dana Gould. Join me and my new best friend here this Thursday on his comedy special on NBC. Hey, I love this kid. Didn't she used to be my khaki? (laughs) Halfway through caddy, Bob's brain just went, fuck this. (laughs) What consonants you got lying around? K, good, good. 
But he'd been such a dick that I really wanted to go, yes, Bob, that's right. I used to be your kaku. Dana, keep your arm around Bob. We're going to go again, Bob. We're going to go again. And that's when I realized that Bob does not like to be told he fucked up. But going again might not be the greatest idea either. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm no physicist. But my theory is, as the day wears on, Bob won't be getting chronologically younger. And I'm kind of worried around take three or four. Hi, I'm Dana Gould. Join me and my new best friend this Thursday on his comedy special on NBC. Hey, I love this kid. Didn't you chow-chow Mimi Cuckoo? There was just something he didn't want to be there and there was something in his eyes. His eyes didn't look like eyes. They looked like soup with eyes in it. But he was just looking at me like I was young and he was not and it pissed him off. And I swear if there was something he could have done about it, he would have. (laughs) Hey, I got an idea. Why don't you stare into my eyes without blinking and I'll recite the ancient chant that will transfer your youth and energy into my body, leaving you a dry and empty husk on the next full moon. Well, I'm not anu. Now, as I get older, I have a lot more sympathy for Bob than I had at that time, which was none. Because when you think about it, by the time he met me, Bob Hope had been famous for seven decades. Think about how many times he had to sit there and listen while the same young comedian had the same speech about what a pleasure it is to meet you. It means so much. Without taking into consideration if he was tired or wanted to hear it or not. I mean, in all honesty, to Bob, I must have just been like a giant crow in a vintage suit, you know. Excuse me, Mr. Hope. Yeah, yeah, terrific stuff, kid, yeah. Yeah, dynamite, dynamite. Poor fella. Another thing is masturbation. (laughs) I can see you all going, oh, no, please, change, change. Oh, Billy, come on, I'm with a girlfriend here. Give us a break. (laughs) If I laugh, she'll know I've done it. So, <laughs> it's a weird thing, because I read it in a magazine, it said 68% of all British men masturbate on a regular basis. And I thought, well, okay, I'm quite prepared to believe that. How do they know? <laughs> Did it show up in the Richter scale or something? I mean, how can they know? Because anybody I ask never does it. 
Do you fucking what? I'd rather cut my fucking hand off. I thought I'd change it tonight and give you a little a guide to more fulfilling masturbation because I I have found a new method I read it in a book I've never tried it you calling me a wanker <laughs> here's what you do because you're driven to it really I mean, you could be watching Crossroads or something, or Neighbours, and you think, that's it, I've lost a will to live. I'm going to go and jump off something high. On the other hand, I might have a wee wank before I go. So, what you should do, first of all, is find a quiet place where you won't be disturbed because it's hardly a spectator sport. <laughs> and it's quite exceptionally difficult to find a good excuse for what you're doing if you're caught <laughs> in mid-masturbation. You know, I mean, just, just think about it. What do you say? Hey, I was there! I was just counting my willies. <laughs> so before we go any further, I'm going to do you a real favour. I'm going to give you an excuse to use if caught. Because there are people, quite stunningly nosy people, who will follow you and listen. Even when you pile furniture against the door. I can't seem to get in. There seems to be furniture against the door. You say, well, it's my new hobby, furniture piling. Now, fuck off. <laughs> but if they just happen to burst in and you're in mid-master, the opening line is all important. Your first line is ultimately the best line you're going to have. And I'm going to give you one. As soon as the offending person bursts in the door and says, Oh, my God! They tend to go a bit Rita Hayworth, people, when they catch you having a wank, you see. Oh my God! Your line is, thank God you're here! <laughs> right? <laughs> now that really upsets them. That has them rocking back, thank God I'm here. I thought he was having a wank. Your next line is, you'll never believe this. <laughs> well, calm down a wee bit and go, probably not, try me. I was just walking across the room there. Just having a wee stroll. A bijou strollette. I was just passing a sideboard, as a matter of fact. When the biggest bloody spider you ever saw in your life Big fucking hairy legs like my index finger. Came crashing out from behind the sideboard and shot up the leg of my bloody trousers. Christ, I nearly passed away. 
I thought, what's that bugger after? And I just remembered reading that book just the other day. You probably saw me. Oh, well, I just saw you reading a book right after. Aye. <laughs> that book, Tarantulas and Their Wily Ways. <laughs> and it says there's nothing a tarantula loves more than to sink its fangs into people's willies. <laughs> I thought, that's what that bugger's after. I whipped the tweeds down in the blinking of an eye and not a minute too soon the bugger was sitting there the fangs out, it was just going looking just about to jab right into the old willy I went, get you the bugger away from there get out, just as you walked in the door so. Oh my goodness Billy Connolly the big Ian the big one from Glasgow Very observational Sometimes blasphemous, uh, offensive in all the in all the best ways. <laughs> Give us a uh, a piece called "Getting Caught Interfering with Yourself." That comes from the Billy and Albert special, which is Billy Connolly at the Royal Albert Hall in 1987. Preceding Billy Connolly, we heard from the good Mr. Dana Gould, the master himself, uh, did a piece called "Bob Hope." about uh, what I believe to be is a true story of uh, the time that Dana Gould had to work with Bob Hope. And as much of a legend as Bob Hope is, Dana Gould just comes right out and says, oh, Bob, he was an old, an old prick. He wasn't nice at all. That's off the album called I Know It's Wrong, appropriately entitled I Know It's Wrong. Came out in the year 2013. Dana Gould, originally from Massachusetts, but got his start in San Francisco and that, uh, I know it's wrong, was recorded at the Neptune Theater right here in Seattle, Washington, right by me and uh, Derek Sheen. We heard from Bobcat Goldthwait a very recent, this year, I'm sorry, it's now 2024, if you're listening to this podcast, as it came out, as opposed to the archive. Uh, this is from 2023 off an album called Soldier for Christ. I believe tongue firmly in cheek. Uh, Bob gave us the song called Old Bob Behavior, uh, recorded at the Lincoln Lodge in Chicago, Illinois. Illinois, sorry. Illinois doesn't doesn't annoy me. Does it annoy you? <laughs> no. But uh, Bobcat, originally from Syracuse, New York. Before Bobcat, we heard from Bill Hicks. Song's called The Killer Idea, off his LP called his uh, comedy album called Relentless. I guess it's an LP. Came out in the year 1992. Bill Hicks got his start in Houston, Texas. Passed away in 1994 from pancreatic cancer two years after this album came out. And uh, that's recorded at the Laugh Stop in Austin. Top of the set, Norm McDonald. Norm fucking McDonald. <laughs> uh gave us his piece called Hitler's Dog, and that's off the Netflix comedy special. And I think it came out on a CD as well. But uh, it's called, the comedy special was called Hitler's Dog, Gossip, and Trickery. That was released in 2017, and the world lost Norm MacDonald in 2021 due to complications with cancer. Yet another comic taken by cancer who's sorely, sorely missed. But good news is we have specials like Hitler's Dog to forever remember him by or with. Behind a a legacy of funny biz, lots of stuff to listen to and laugh. Actually, you want to laugh some more? 
laugh at laugh at me, not not with me. Uh, some years ago, obviously before Norm Macdonald passed away, I had gotten a phone call from uh, Norm's agent or a production company working with Norm's agent. I can't remember which. I'm not going to say it on air anyway. But actually, let me rewind a second. Some of you may or may not know. If you didn't know, I, I will tell you. I used to do, I guess I still do, I used to do a lot more uh, animation, web web animation for the most part, uh, After Effects stuff. I used to do animations for stand-up comedians, recorded works uh the most successful one or the most listened listened to or the most views i've received was Patton oswald's christmas shoes anywho i got a call from mr mcdonald's agent while i was uh, it had to go straight to voicemail i was bartending or fucking something stupid i don't remember but of course i had to miss this call from mr nealon's agent who was requesting uh, an animated piece that I needed in a hurry, which I guess we could do is we just use After Effects and I, at the time, was drawing just directly onto screen. So I gave him a, a uh, you know, during a break, I guess I saw, I missed a voice message, listened to it. I was like, oh my God, oh my God. Called called him back real quick. And in the voicemail, I accidentally said, hey, you know, I'd love to work with Mr. Nealon instead of goddamn McDonald. Goddamn, Kevin McNe- uh, Kevin Nealon. In fairness, Norm Macdonald and Kevin Nealon were both on Saturday Night Live at the same fucking time. But uh, yeah, I never got that call back. Hence, <laughs> I never got to do an animation for Norm Macdonald. I guess I should have followed up and apologized. I just let it go. I was too embarrassed. So, yep, there's that. Or oh, there isn't that. In my mind... Maybe there was a uh, maybe there was a beef, maybe there was a schism between McDonald and Nealon, and of course I had to say the wrong guy's name to the agent, and therefore we're not calling you the fuck back. I probably lost the gig to a uh, a, a better and more talented animator. Anyway, I don't recall ever seeing an animated piece from from Kevin Nealon. Oof, from Norm Macdonald. See, I just did it again from Norm Macdonald. But uh, let, let's Google that. Let me find out. But before we do that. Up next, I got a piece by Derek Sheen. Yeah, Derek Sheen curated and selected all the tracks from this episode that we're hearing right now. And I told him, do include something from yourself, because if not, I'm going to play something anyway. So give me one of your favorite pieces. I have my favorite piece, and this is actually one of them. Here's a, uh, a piece from Derek Sheen called Magic Bullet. We'll talk about that more after the break. We'll just do one from Derek Sheen and one from Patton Oswalt, and then we'll, uh, we'll be right back. We'll talk some more. Oh, man. Oh, it's so good. I'm having so much fun. You guys are so... I can't thank you enough for being a part of this tonight. It's so crazy fun. <laughs> I, uh... I, I'm, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm not. I, I stay the fuck away from that stuff. Unless it's the JFK conspiracy. And look, that was part of my generation. Like, I, I had all the residual information that was still, sh- the nation was still reeling in the 70s and 80s from that. And I, I love it. Every aspect of it. I, I'm, I dig in. I do not think that it was a lone gunman. I do not believe it was just Lee Harvey Oswald was the lone shooter. I don't buy any of that shit. And I'm telling you why I, I'm so into this conspiracy theory to explain why I had to leave a Bed Bath & Beyond recently. 
because I was laughing so hard I became ugly and uh, uh, because <laughs> because I did not realize I've been around for a while I kind of try to stay on trends I didn't realize there was a line of tiny food processors called a magic bullet just openly mocking the fucking Kennedy assassination openly mocking the Kennedy assassination the magic bullet for those of you uninitiated magic bullet is a term that comes directly out of the Warren Commission report also known as a single bullet theory but more commonly known as a magic bullet theory we weren't using the term magic bullet before a bipartisan congressional group was convened to explain into the narrative of what we already knew was a government coup, the concept that a lone gunman acted alone, a single bullet, a bullet so magical that it was able to pass through seven layers of human flesh, two separate people, change directions five times while maintaining its velocity. A bullet so magical that it entered the back of President John F. Kennedy's neck, shattering his number six vertebrae before completely destroying his trachea and exiting through a tie knot, where the bullet then banked a hard left turn for no fucking reason <laughs> into the scapula of an unsuspecting Governor John Connolly, who was in the driver's side rumble seat. The bullet entered his right shoulder, punctured his right lung, broke three ribs on the way out of his chest cavity before it dived another 110 degrees due north into his right resting forearm where the bullet entered his ulna and shattered his radius in two separate places before exiting his forearm impacting itself in his right thigh where it was then removed at the naval hospital hours later only to disappear for two whole days then to show it miraculously completely scrubbed of all dna a magic bullet and that thing makes the best salsa I've ever had it's so fucking cool man like I've got it I love it I love it and it makes me laugh and I wish they made a little salad spinner called the grassy bowl and then uh, oh just to complete my kitchen pun collection When I was growing up, my, my favorite Christmas memory was the Alvin and the Chipmunks album because we had it on LP. And you know what I'm talking about? The young Remember that song? The little chipmunks are singing, and then there's that, there's that guy Dave going, all right now, chipmunks, let's all... My brother and I had that on an LP, so what we would do is we would play that as slow, on the slowest speed possible on the record player. So then it sounded like Four normal monotone guys just singing this boring Christmas song and then this demon from like the ninth level of traitors and murderers just screaming at them and then it just it was so different it was like Christmas Christmas time is here time for toys and time for cheer
Okay. The Okay. That is Dr. Patton Oswalt to you now. He received an honorary Doctor of the Arts from his uh, alma mater, his college. It was the College of William and Mary. That's Dr. Patton Oswalt for you. I told you that I did some animation for Patton. I did a couple of them for Patton, but uh, not this track here. Not today! Not this track here. Uh, this is Patton's piece called My Favorite Christmas Memory. Uh, I did a piece called Christmas Shoes. Not not that. This is my favorite Christmas memory. This was out before that. Uh, that's from the debut LP. Well, kind of the debut LP. I'll explain that in two seconds. That's off the Feeling Kind of Patton LP, which came out in the year 2003, but before that, the year right before that, in 2003, there was the unabridged version called 222 Live and Uncut. And that stand-up was recorded live at the 40 Watt in Athens, Georgia. If you're lucky enough to have been there, you're exactly that lucky. I was there once. I love once. <laughs> once. I love the uh, 40 watt i loved that one time at the 40 watt in athens georgia and as i as i love athens georgia too so anywho uh that nice piece there from Patton oswalt as selected by derek sheen who we heard right before Patton oswalt derek sheen gave us his song called his still saying songs derek sheen gave us his stand-up so piece portion snippet called magic bullet really really funny stuff from derek sheen thank you derek that's off his album called macho caballero caballero came out in the year 2020 and you know what that's out in stand-up records was it's derek's uh, fourth album i believe and this one's cool because it features art from the good mr tom neely my friend and yours and i believe derek sheen's personal friend he and i have never talked about that hey derek do you know tom neely i know tom neely hey he with a small world <laughs> you guys might know tom neely if you haven't met him personally because i'm sure you have seen his comic henry and glenn forever that's of course the uh romantic comic where uh henry rollins and glenn danzig are an item <laughs> so uh, i'm not kidding it's good check it out while you're checking things out go check out derek sheen's website derek sheen rules that's rules with a z not with an s derek sheen rules and it's true 
because he does. Derek Shane, thank you so very, very much for curating this episode of Musicom with Music Off, episode number 295. Can you believe that? We're going to episode number 300, which means we only have five episodes left. Derek, I'm glad you did this with me. And I thank you so very, 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 very much. I will buy you uh, some Korean barbecue in the very near future. How about that? One last selection to take us out as picked by Derek Sheen. He wanted me to play this first. He had this first in his playlist. But I would like to play this last as traditionally on this program. I play a long player last. And this one's under 10 minutes, but but, uh, longer as far as selections on this show go. We'll hear from Lord Buckley, originally recorded in 1956, but released by Frank Zappa, where Frank Zappa helped edit and compile this in 1969 off a compilation called A Most Immaculately Hip Aristocrat. We will hear Lord Buckley's version or retelling of the Edgar Allan Poe story, The Raven, done in a persona that you will, uh, not you, the New York Times has described as a combination of Dizzy Gillespie meets uh, an English aristocrat. And uh, Lord Buckley, as you will hear, did inspire the beat generation. So without further ado, here's Lord Buckley giving us the raven as given to me by Derek Sheen, which we are now giving to you. And to you, I say, keep laughing, keep making other people laugh, and cheers for the Years. My lords and my ladies of the royal court, Edgar, the swinging Edgar Allan Poe's magnificent torch, the raven, has translated into the somatic of the hip. Now you see, Poe didn't want that bird, he didn't need the bird, he didn't dig the bird, he didn't send for the bird, he didn't even know what Avery the bird came from. If they'd have knocked the bird on him, Poe's paid, he wouldn't have dug it, because he was hung in front for a chick by the name of Lenor, who had already swooped the satellite, but that didn't bug Eddie. He's still knocking that torch and coal on there, say, can they see me in Flip City? But just like I say, so many times, when you don't want the bird, when you don't need the bird, when you haven't got the first possible use for the bird, Uh that's when you get it. And that's what happened to poor Eddie. He say, It was a real drug midnight. (whistles) Dreary. I was goofing, beat and weary over many a freakish volume of forgotten score when suddenly there came a tapping as if some cat were gently riffing, knocking rhythm at my pad's door. Ah, tis the landlady, I muttered. On her broom she flies the rounding, sounding for her rent, which only this and nothing more. No, if I get out of the spin, I... Mm. Mm. Ah, 
was so solid, I remember. It was in that bright December, and its swinging, jumping ember blew its phantom upon the floor. Groovily, I wooed them all. Still, hung I sought to borrow from my book kicks to knock the sorrow, sorrow from my gauntlet awe for that sweet square, but swinging maiden, whom the fly chicks tag Lenore, nameless here forevermore. Oh, man. And the silky, weary turning of each papa curtain moved me, hung me with freakish riffles never done before, so that now, to cool the beating of my ticker, I stood repeating to some strange midnight stud that's sounding a money beat on my pad's door, a deuce to cool the morrow or some juice to drown his sorrow, some lightweight biff this, and nothing more. Jack, I said, or Jilly, if I've crossed you, <laughs> Don't jump saw, but the solid truth is this cat was napping and so cool did you come tapping and so light hip you came rapping rhythm at my pad's door that I was scarce sure I dug you. Here I opened wide the slam and jack. I dug the breeze and nothing more. Oh, what are they trying to do to me? I'll show them. What do they think? I fight my way out of this. What, do you... oh, what is that? Look out, look out, look out. Take it easy, take it easy, take it easy, take it easy. Stoned into the darkness peering, long I stood there. I was hung there, flipped and Fearing king spinning dreams no mortal cat had ever rode before. But the gaster was unbroken, digging so hard my wig was gone, but Nathan shaking, Nathan showing, just one radar blip was going. The whispered word, Lenore. This I sounded and it sounded back, Lenore. This one sad lick and nothing more. Oh, they leave me alone. Why don't they leave me alone? I backed into my pad, still turning. All is jazz within me burning. Then again, I dug the tapping, a stronger beat than was before. I'm solid hips that I don't dig what that is jumping to my window lattice. Let me get hit what the rat is, and this deep flip I will explore. Let my pounders stay cool tomorrow, and this flip I will explore. Jack, I drew a blank. And nothing more. Who do they think they are to do this semi? Gone full out, I flung the shutter. When, with many a flip and flutter, in there stomped a king-sized bugbird jack from way back days of yore. Not a minute tipped or hung he, not a minute brought or down he, but with stance of king and queen, he swung above my sweet pad's door, lit upon the busted palace. <sighs> Sad goofing there. And nothing more. I'm solid hip, said I, that you're no craven. Gas a grim and beat up raven goofing from the night's plutonian shore. 
Swing hit me to what thy tag is on the night's plutonian shore. Flip the bugbird, nevermore. Solid wake me, this bird to dig me. Though it copped out not upon the score. For we cannot help agreeing that no single human being ever was so sent by seeing a wig like this above his pad's door with such a tag as Nevermore. Now you see this blasted bugbird came bugging Edgar and gave him such a dreadful time of it that Edgar now wants to divorce the bird. He wants to expel the bird. He doesn't care whether the bird Lou, Newly, nor Eleanor, or any of these cats. He wants to blow the bird. So he, I think the bird put one too many nevermores on him. I don't know how much they weigh, but it was just enough to flip that little Isinglass at the end of the fuse and <coughs> blow the whole gig. Poe is now flipping. He looks at the bird and he says, By this lick, you have flipped my meter. You nauseous gasser! You endless repeater! Screw before I blow my red house stack! Blow back to your plutonian shore! Leave no feather on my heather! Take your black jazz bow together! Leave this pad my torch unbroken! Screw from the roost above my door! Flip the bugbird, near as ever, me as all.